0: Improving the health of our community through compassion and excellence in healthcare services. Henry Mayo, New Hall Hospital, brings you another informational podcast. It's Your Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole.
1: You know, the internet can be a very helpful resource for finding health information. Of course, there's so much on the internet these days that it can often be difficult to know where to turn, whom to trust and what to believe, so it's really important that you have the right tools to know what sites are best and safest to use. My guest today is Dr. Mufadal Dahudwala. He's a primary care physician with UCLA Health, and he practices in Santa Clarita. Dr. Dahoudwala, I love this topic so much. I'm so excited to have you on today because what we do is disseminate health information on the internet, and I myself use these resources for so much of the work that I do. How much do we know about online resources for health? What do we know about the accuracy of online health information? I have a million questions for you on this topic, so let's get started.
0: Well, thank thank you so much for having me on. and I, I, I agree with you. This is a really important issue. And, you know, we're having more and more patients come to our office every day, armed with information that they gathered from the internet. So uh, this is something we talk about a lot uh, with our patients here. And the first thing to realize is that, you know, not all information is good information, but there is a lot of good information out there. Um, and so it's really important to know where you're getting your information from, if it's applicable to you in your specific case and what to do with it.
1: Well, I think that's the most important thing is is if it's applicable to you and what to do with it. So how do we check the online sources? How do we start finding that information and knowing we can trust it? You know, so many people, they put their symptoms in and right away, they think they've got some horrible cancer. How do we know what to trust and what to put in
0: when we're looking? So I think the first thing to do is to make sure that you're looking at a reputable site. Any website that is funded by or associated with a major medical center, whether it be the Cleveland Clinic or the Mayo Clinic, those are usually pretty good websites to get information about certain diseases, certain symptoms that could be associated with those conditions. And you're right, a lot of patients will sometimes just plug in their symptoms. And oftentimes, you will be misguided into what your symptoms could really be pointing towards, I would say if you can focus your search mostly on peer-reviewed websites, whether it be Medline or Healthline or the ones associated with major medical groups, um, like the Cleveland Clinic or the Mayo Clinic, you're you're much better off. I have a lot of patients who come in and you know we start them on certain medications. And the first thing they want to do is to look up the side effects, which I think is a totally reasonable thing and one that I would do as a a user of medications myself. Uh, But it's really, really important to know that not all information that you read, even on reputable websites that may be listing known side effects of medications, are applicable in your particular case. So, for example, I had a patient last week that we started on cholesterol medication and They went home, they looked up a bunch of the side effects from a reputable website that really tracks clinical trial data, and they came in with a list of about 50 different side effects that the medication was associated with, and they were fearful of starting the medication. But I think what's really important to know in general, whether it's related to medications or it's related to anything that's symptom-based, is that correlation is not the same as causation. And that's something that's very easily missed on the internet and something you need to, as a consumer, you need to really watch out for. So what I mean by that is, in this particular patient, for example, he found 50 different side effects. And yes, these are side effects that are known to be associated with the use of this medication. But that doesn't mean that the medications have been shown to cause these side effects. They're just correlated with them. So I think the bottom line is gather the information. I'm all about patients getting information on their own. It allows them to be stewards of their own health. Uh, But bring that information into your doctor. Go over the sources and where you're getting the information from um, and and talk about, hey, is this applicable in my case or not?
1: What a great point that you just made about that. It's the correlation that people may see all those symptoms, but that doesn't mean that those are what is caused by that particular medication. So, When we're looking things up, should we be considering the source? Does it matter if we're reading news or advertising? And what are some questions that you would like us to ask
0: ourselves when searching out information? So, the first thing is who's publishing this information? What is the funding source of this site? You know, oftentimes when you read uh, websites that claim that, you know, Study X has shown, you know, these three things about this medication or this condition. You always want to go back and look at the website and say, is that source material actually referenced in the article? Did they cite what studies they're talking about? And feel free to go and look up that particular study and, and make sure that it was adequately and appropriately represented in the article. Um, it's very common for news sites, even reputable media sites, you know, whether uh, it doesn't matter what end of the spectrum they are, but you have to remember these news sites are in the business of filling headlines and. It it worked because it got you to click on the link, right? But you always have to read with a critical eye and say, okay, what studies are they actually referencing? Are these studies funded by pharmaceutical companies? Are they study? Are they funded by the National Institute of Health? Are they funded by the company who's trying to hawk a certain product or a medical device or a medication? That's really important, and you want to make sure you gather that information as well before you act on the information that you're reading. Um, a well-sourced website that is truly independent, that uh, is giving you accurate information, will not hide their sources. They'll tell you exactly what study they're drawing information from. They may provide you with a reference so you can look it up online. And I encourage all my patients to do that, to look up the actual source information and bring that study in. You know, it's really important, even when you're assessing a study that you're reading, to know, hey, is this study involving five people? doesn't involve 50 people doesn't involve 50,000 people obviously the more people involved and uh, are subjects in the study that introduces a lot more accuracy and validity in the data as opposed to a case study that involves five people and those are details that are not going to be found in the text of the, web, of, the, of the article that you may be reading because that's the nitty-gritty information. It may not produce a beautiful headline that gets people to click on it, but that's really where you can assess, hey, is this information valid or not?
1: So important. You know, what an interesting topic, isn't this? So you went over some really, really great points. Now, so much of what people get today is from social media. Dr. D. So, is it safe when you're getting your health information from Facebook or Twitter? Or though, because sometimes there is quality information, people share these shows on their social media and their quality information. How do we discern what we're seeing on social media versus what we're looking up when we Google our symptoms or
0: side effects? So, social media is blowing up these days, and people are getting all kinds of information on it. I mean, you know, I would say the first thing to remember anytime you read something on social media, whether it is somebody's personal experience with a medication, whether it's somebody's personal story with a particular illness, is that in general, not just in medicine, but really in anything, people are more prone to post about negative experiences with medications or conditions rather than positive ones. So that's when in, in our terms, we call it a publication bias. That you really are publishing things online uh, that are, are are made to garner emotion from people to to um, to get clicks and so people who have positive experience for medications are not as likely to take the time to get on Facebook and write about how great their statin is. Um, but people who are Having a bad experience with it, whether they're they're having a rare side effect or they didn't like the way it made them feel, they're much more likely to post about it online. So I would say that's a really important factor to keep in in mind uh, is that you may be getting a a misrepresented sample online of patients' true experiences with the medicine or the device or the condition. Now, if there are people who are reposting whether it be interviews with professionals or studies online or independently reviewed articles, those are, I think, more reliable sources of information, and you can feel much better about that. I think our general rules and uh, guidelines about how to assess information apply in that case also. Make sure it's from an independent site that's independently funded, uh, that has adequate source and reference material. And then, yes, I think in those in those cases, social media can be a powerful tool in disseminating information. You know, I'm on social media. I put out information for patients that I think would be helpful, and I try to make it educational, and I try to make it something that they can reference and look up their own articles online. Um, but I, I think in terms of personal anecdotes or personal stories about medications or conditions, you always got to take it with a grain of salt and just keep in mind that... For every one person who would be posting a negative uh, experience, there may be a ton more people in this world who are having a positive experience.
1: I love that you said that, and, and that was funny. People aren't really posting their great experience with a statin, but they sure do get on there and post when something is negative. So... What about mobile apps? There's a lot of mobile health apps now, and these are ones that can help you find those resources. And listeners, just for my own self, I really like, as Dr. D said, Healthline and also NIH, CDC. Those ones are really, really good. American Diabetes Association, American Heart Association. So what about some of these apps, Dr. D? What do we think of those?
0: So some of the apps, I mean, we as physicians, we use apps every day. You know, we've the the medical training has changed so much now. You know, before you really had to just memorize road information and information that you memorized ten years ago was easily outdated. Now, with the way that we are training new physicians, our practice is constantly evolving. Is we don't have to memorize all this stuff. We're able to put a lot of that knowledge that we have into these apps and pull from that because that's easily updatable. So, some apps that I use on a on a pretty regular basis, so up to date is it's one word. It's a really common resource that a lot of physicians use uh, To uh, that's constantly updated with clinical trial data and new information that's out there. It's vetted, it's peer-reviewed, uh, and so it's a reliable source of information. They have an app, you know, it's a subscription-based kind of thing, um, and they have patient information on there also. Um, uh, there are there are apps that you can use for prescription uh, drug information. One Another example is something called Hippocrates. Um, that is free. Anybody can download that one. And it gives you a lot of information about drugs and dosages and what are FDA-approved indications and what are known side effects with percentages of people who have experienced these side effects. So you know, hey, what's the more common one? What's the less common one? That that helps a lot. So I think apps are great. You have to have the right app, and you have to know uh, again where the information is coming from. But those are two that I like. Um, You're right. The American Heart Association, the American College of Cardiology, um, they put out a lot more uh, you know patient friendly information that that helps provide guidelines, provides uh, provides ways for you to use the information on a daily basis, and those can be really helpful also.
1: And before we wrap up. What do you want people to know when they start looking up, okay? I mean, even if they're looking up on really quality websites, as a physician, what do you want them to know about when they're looking up the dreaded symptoms? You know, we've got pain in your ear. Oh my gosh, it could be brain cancer. You've got a headache or you've got a little chest pain. Well, you're having a heart attack, call 911. What do you want them to know about looking up those symptoms and then talking with their doctor about those symptoms and being honest so that they can get an actual
0: diagnosis instead of one online. Right. I think one of the the biggest positives of the internet is the ability to disseminate quality information. So I tell my patients, kudos for you to get on the internet, be uh, an advocate for your own health, look up your own symptoms, look up what possibilities there are. That's a good thing. You know, I want to empower, in my own practice, I try to empower patients and say, look, this is not my body, this is not your neighbor's body, this is your body. If you're not going to take care of your body, who is? And so, go ahead, look up information, be critical of the information that you're reading and make sure it's a quality source, and then take that information to your physician. The way I practice, I can't speak for all primary care physicians, but I encourage patients to bring in quality information and talk about it. And say, hey, I found this thing. Does this make sense for my own case? Is this something that's applicable to me? Take that information to a professional who's been doing it for years and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Do you think this is something we could try? I have patients who bring me information about new medications and new trials that are going on that I don't know about. That's great. We, we learn things together. A lot of the times I have patients who bring in information and maybe that information is not applicable to that patient. So I put their mind at ease and say, okay, don't worry about it. Good job for bringing it in, but it's not something that you need to worry about. And then the flip side is also true where patients are bringing in information is opening up our eyes to different things that that could be going on here. So the bottom line, I would say to answer your question is great job, look up your own information, be a steward of your own health and your own best advocate, that's always encouraged, but don't act on that information immediately without talking about it and your own care with the professional who knows you from a medical standpoint.
1: What a great way to end it. Dr. D, what a great segment. Absolutely fascinating and so important for all of us to hear that use the internet for all things health related. Thank you so much for joining us. And that wraps up another episode of It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Head on over to our website at henrymayo.com for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. If you found this podcast as cool as I did, and really that is such great information that we all need to hear, please share it with your friends and your family. Share it on social media because that is quality internet health information and you're getting it right here. And check out all the other interesting podcasts in our library. I'm Melanie Cole.